So we have a sermon today. It's telling people about Jesus. It's part of the Church Life uh, series. And I'm really grateful I wrote this before I listened to the recording of Rob's talk last week because it ends up following on and maybe repeating some of that. But I see that as God wanting to underline a few things. So telling people about Jesus, it is. And I wonder what your reaction is when you hear that topic. Do you go, oh, no, not that one again. Um, I've got a good friend who would refer to the E word. Yes, evangelism. And uh, immediately would want to discount themselves. Evangelism's not my thing. But this person that I'm thinking of in particular, um, not here, just because you'll be wondering. Uh, but this person just got the biggest pastoral heart, an amazing prophetic edge, full of love for people. Surely, surely someone like that is just exactly the person we want to be overflowing to others about Jesus. So if you're the kind of person that has opportunities just as you walk out the door and you always know exactly the right thing to say in those moments, uh, this talk is not for you. This talk is for those amongst us who maybe find it just a little bit harder. Um, and so it's for people that love Jesus, it's for people that want to worship him, it's people that Jesus means everything to you, but you just really struggle a bit with that. So I'm one of those people. I wake up in the morning, and that's still my heart, is that people would know Jesus. It's, it's kind of nothing else that I really want in life, is that people would just know Jesus. So my heart's up there, my ability is <laughs> somewhere down here, uh, whether it's stumbling over words, uh, whether it's chickening out, whether it's just going bright red in the face and just you know, really struggling. Or maybe I've got a ton of excuses. I work in IT. They're a cynical bunch, I tell you. The chances for uh, witnessing in that kind of environment. Or, you know, I do a lot of work online. It's really hard to kind of witness in that kind of setting. These are all my excuses, of which I have many. And so I enter into uh, what I call the evangelism cycle of doom. Uh, that is where I hear a talk on witnessing. I get infused. Uh, I go out, you know, that week, you know, give my best, um, a new concerted effort, and I end up disappointed, you know, maybe three days later, maybe five days later if it's a good week. And then I go and crawl back into a hole, feel guilty until the next talk comes around. So, anyone empathize with that kind of thing? So I'm still a beginner, uh, but I do want to share a little of what I've found a lot of life in recently, and that's through stories, and that's something that absolutely has come up many times. So two types of stories we'll look at today. If you're expecting something profound, uh, it's not today. If you're hoping for something encouraging, I hope today will be that. So stories, sharing stories of Jesus. They've been really powerful for me. And I'm just going to share specifically what that means, some of what we've been discovering in, in, in Leamington, and then sharing stories to one another to encourage and, dare I say, keep each other accountable as well. That I found really, really powerful. So that's where we're going. If I may take a brief detour, instead of the E word, I wanted to introduce the D word uh, to you. Uh, the D word being discipleship, uh, something uh, that we've been exploring a bit in Leamington and I know in different ways throughout the rest of the church. Um, so you've probably heard the term 
uh, discipleship. I'm not really a fan of the term because it, it expresses another formula, another new thing, that, and it's not. It's not new. It's just back to the basics of you know just going and making disciples. Although I think it brings an emphasis which I've felt you know to be quite helpful. So if you've heard that term, you're not really familiar with what it means. It's probably worth a briefest of introduction. It will set a little bit of the context for where I'm going, and, and it won't take too long. But the term has really come from the mission field. Um, there's terms like the disciple-making movement, and it's coming out of context where it's quite hard to meet like we are today and to be able to preach you know, because of things like persecution and whatever else. So the idea of the disciple-making movements and discipleship is well, how can we distill what we have as a faith down to the bare minimum so that we can pass it on to the ones and the twos? How can the good news of Jesus be spread in that kind of context? How can new believers be uh, trained up, discipled, encouraged uh, when you can't necessarily gather like this? And that's the context of, uh, of some of this. Um, and it naturally comes back to well-known passage, uh, the, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, which I will read to you. A couple of words may stand out to you. So Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make converts. Sorry. Um, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. And teach them to listen. Sorry. Again, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Yeah, there's some sneaky kind of swapping of words around there. How many of you think you've got to go and make converts? <laughs> Just, we'll reflect on that as we go through today. Going and making disciples is a different thing. And actually the importance of being obedient for us, but for others, we're not going to try and just have an argument, just get people to listen. Actually, it's a, a obedience, it's history changing, it's changing a direction in people's lives. So we have an emphasis that comes out of discipleship. One, we are called to go. We have that responsibility as individuals, as a church, to go out, take that out, and then go disciple, not convert, to go teach people to obey, not just to listen. These have been really important to me. So one more piece of context, and then we'll get on to the good stuff. But one of the um, tools that's come out of that, which I really, really like, um, I'm going to be watching the reactions of those, uh, particularly in the Lovington group, to see if they agree with me. Uh, but it's the Discovery Bible Study. Um, we've been doing that when we have our Lemington Weeks. Uh, we will go and do a Discovery Bible Study, where it's a treat all ages. It's really, really cool. Um, but what does it mean? And again, I just didn't want to assume, I'm sure many of you are now familiar with this, but I just want to go through that because a number of the threads of this have been what I find helpful in telling others about Jesus. So the Discovery Bible Study, and if you want the app, there's a little logo there for it, uh, Discover app. You can go and uh, grab that and, and see how it works. But the idea of the Discovery Bible Study, go and read the scripture together, maybe in a couple of different um, flavors, NIV, ESV, whatever else. Just read that together. But the second thing that's really important is that then we then retell 
the story that we have just heard. If you're in some groups in our, our Leamington uh, week, you act it out. And then off the back of that, we ask the same four questions each time. What does this story tell me about God? What does this story tell me about people? If this is God's word, what should I do about it? What from this story can I pass on to others? Really, really simple. So what's that for? In the context, again, in making disciples, everyone from, I don't know, five up in our Leamington group knows how to do a Bible study straight off. They can go. They can go, you know, go and actually take that out to other people. So really, really powerful. You may say, you know, why is it the same four questions? And the people in our group are like, why is it always the same four questions, John? Um, but it ends up training us and allows us to take that to others. And then the emphasis that comes through is really where I'm heading today. That retelling of the scripture, for me, is really helpful. It's practicing um, the stories of Jesus. And then it's allowing us to obey and share so practice, practice, practice. This is what I've been working on. So I'm not here to share a discipleship tool. We're not here for that. So let's move on to the stories of Jesus, the things that I, I really wanted to get onto. But I hope the context is helpful. Um, this has been important for me uh, to grow in confidence in sharing about Jesus to others. So that's why um, I wanted to start there. So let's picture the scenario. This is, uh, this is the kind of thing that would happen in, in my world. Um, where, where would we be? Maybe having lunch at work or, uh, I don't know, uh, where, wherever context we've got with neighbours and someone starts talking about faith in some way. Maybe they're talking about, oh, do you pray or whatever? For me, I also have exactly the right words, the wisdom and the insight. My problem is it's normally about five hours later when I'm lying in bed, replaying that situation again and again. So again, I don't know if you uh, have that kind of uh, experience. I'm never on the front, but I could do with a little bit of time. So hold, hold on, guys. I'm just going to take a moment. I'm going to have a little bit of a prep time, maybe get the right verses together, and then I'll kind of give you the best answer for this, this moment. Is that okay? Um, obviously, by that time, I've missed my chance. But these stories have been the way of me preparing, training myself. So that's the thing that I wanted to share from 2 Timothy 4. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. I want to be prepared. Sometimes it does come naturally. An awful lot of time for me, it doesn't. But I want to be prepared out of season as well. So a bit of a warning uh, we're going to break down into smaller groups in a moment. Oh, yes. Um, and we're going to talk about stories of Jesus that we love. It's dead simple, so nothing to worry about. And I just want to share some of my favorites. I thought I'd take uh, the, the top of the pops favorite story, so you, you have to think a bit harder. Uh, but the, obviously, the Mount Everest of stories is the prodigal son, isn't it? Um, and that's a go-to, one that you just keep rehearsing, keep kind of enjoying, and Jesus trying to express, how best could I articulate the love of Father of God? And you've got this beautiful situation that uh, starts off in a mess. The child causes immense offense to the father. I've just been thinking about just how shocking that situation is as the son asks for his inheritance and goes off, lives the worst of lives 
life of debauchery, but ends up broken. And we end up with that just beautiful scene that is just so visual as he turns to head home, head hanging low, sees a father, arms open wide, not just stationary, but running towards him. What situations have you got to be able to share that? So I'm practicing, I'm practicing even now as I kind of share to you. Um, and sometimes it comes out. And um, this was just before Christmas. We were going uh, queuing for coffee. If you never needed an excuse for coffee, that is the time when we are able to talk about Jesus. But I've noticed that she seems to be quite uh, spiritual, uh, tapping into the energy of the universe, um, positive thinking, all these kinds of things. Um, and whilst queuing for coffee, before I realized it, do you not want someone that's on your side actually coming towards you with your arms out, with a smile on face, and know that there's a heavenly father that loves you? And I promise you, from the bottom of my heart, that doesn't happen to me. But because I've been rehearsing these kinds of stories, suddenly I was able to share a bit there. It's not one of those mega stories, but it was well received. It was received by her. She's like, thank you. Um, and then we moved on, had our coffee. Just a small example of how fueling myself with these stories has been, been really useful. Another one that, so the second one that I would go to, that's always the first one, but it's actually about worry. Don't know about you, but worry, it's like an epidemic, isn't it? People live in anxiety, fear, and worry, and it's something that I'm really passionate about that I just want to go and bring Jesus' good news into that situation. So Matthew 6 means a lot to me. Um, Look at the birds of the air. You know, we've got a bird feeder outside our, our back door, and I just love watching the birds coming in. Uh, occasional woodpecker, mostly uh, the smaller birds, but I do get an occasional woodpecker. But we look at the birds, and it's, God says, well, look at them. Are you not more uh, valuable uh, than, than them? You know, what, they don't worry about what they eat or drink. Or look at the flowers of the field. We've got one that actually flowered yesterday. I stuck it on Instagram. It's a good sign that spring is on the way. Look at the flowers of the field. Don't worry about what you will wear. Your heavenly father can dress the flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow. So I get to go running with, uh, with a friend of mine. Uh, it's a running joke, sorry, that he um, is just perpetually worrying about stuff. Like, Seriously, look at the birds. <laughs> are you not more valuable than they? Just get to share that next thing. Oh, look at the flowers. They'll be gone tomorrow. But yeah, it doesn't worry about looking beautiful. And Heavenly Father will provide. Uh, the thing that I honestly, just being really transparent with you, maybe I, I need to do more the next bit, which is, you know what, encourage them in, in that obedience. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added on to you. That's the rest of that Matthew 6 passage. But it is a story that I've been sharing and growing with. Another little one, um, but it's, uh, it's starting to make a difference in someone's life. And the last one, a little bit of a plug for um, helping with, uh, with the kids, because um, I do enjoy it, so I help with the uh, junior age. Um, and we do Discovery Bible Study in there, and it's awesome, because you get to hear uh, just completely different perspectives coming out of the kids. Um, and at the beginning of the year, we did the Jesus Calming the Storm. Um, and, you know, so... As we're going through it, we've got 
and we are acting it out because it's awesome because we're in a kid's group. And we've got this situation where the followers are kind of, you know, in this storm. Sorry, I'm, I'm replaying the acting that, that went out in my mind because it was, it was a pretty brutal storm and these guys were properly scared. And Jesus was lying there asleep <laughs> in the corner and, and they wake up and help us, Jesus. Um, and he goes and calms the storm. And right there in front of the kids, I said, I've got a friend at work who's in a storm um, and I want to go and share with him, committed to them. Um, and I knew I'd be preaching on this. I'll tell you what, it's really good accountability uh, to, to force you to do that. Except, honestly, the storm in his life has just been mad that it didn't take much for a prompt. Um, he had to, he's got kids that are not sleeping, crazy job. He even had to put his cap down uh, this week, which was a little bit unfortunate. Um, but it just, dude, I'm praying for you that the storms in your life would just be calmed down. And um, I've never shared with him in that way with him. But this one, again, this is early days. It's another work in progress. But I, I just can't see you stuck in worry. We've got something here to share. And I just kind of wanted to go through a bunch of those of just how it's making a difference in my life because I just never felt like I had the right thing to say, or I never, but anyway, hopefully you see they're, they've become fuel for me. And just the last thing, this is in, in my notes, I've really been just struck with how Jesus reveals God to us as well. And sometimes do we just make our faith quite ethereal, quite vague? The stories of Jesus are so powerful because and I think we've had it read out a couple of times recently. He is the image of the invisible God. And if, as we look to him again and again, we see what Jesus, oh, Jesus is doing that now. Jesus is doing that now. Jesus is doing that now. He is expressing what our Heavenly Father is like. And it is all we need to be able to go and share that to the world. You think of that prodigal son story that he would have spent crafting uh, that to perfection because it just expresses something of what our God is like. So can I commend to you specifically sharing Jesus where we can because he is an expression. He is the expression of our Heavenly Father. So this is the risky bit. We're going to see if we can uh, break down into little groups. I don't know. It's up to you how many, but maybe four or five people. And all I want to do is to see if we can spark some encouragement in one another. What are your favorite stories or maybe your favorite passage. Um, and the key thing is then for you to express to one another, why does it mean so much to you? And I just want you to think about what does it feel like when you're telling the stories to one another? And maybe the other way around, what does it sound like when you hear someone telling their favorite stories to you as well? So did I put anything else on the slides? That would do, wouldn't it? And who would benefit from hearing this story? Can we do that? Does that make sense? I tell you, it's a treat watching from the front, and you just see people's eyes light up, uh, whether you're doing the talking, lots of hands are moving, and, and watching people listening, you know, eyes alive. Imagine what it's like to be an unbeliever who's just heard about the story of hope. God, the power of humility. Just what refreshment that it is to hear about Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Amazing. It is amazing, isn't it? So something really special is happening as part of this. I use that term discipling, but 
I don't know, we've moved on as a church anyway, but gone are the days of just having to convince someone intellectually. We've all got something that we can go and disciple people with and go and, and share, and share what is life to us. Um, so I just want to commend those to you. Uh, my challenge, um, starting with sharing the stories and I've kind of shared where I've, where I've got so far, little bits of progress, my challenge is actually to use some of the other bits of that Discovery Bible tool. And, okay, I've shared something with you. If that is God, what should you do about it? And those kind of things. And actually, well, if you find that powerful, who, who else needs to know about that? And we can start discipling others and discipling others as well, uh, which is where I get very excited and also still very challenged. But we're, uh, we're all works in progress, aren't we? So... Those are the stories of Jesus. Um, I just hope that was encouraging for you, just to maybe a different perspective on that. Um, and I just want to kind of close out with some more stories, um, but stories that where we're just encouraging ourselves. We use the term testimonies, but I, I've been using the, uh, the phrase uh, stories for a little bit of time, um, and I want to give some examples of those. Uh, sadly, a number of people in our group are away because I wanted you to hear from, from various people. Um, but I have a write-up from Dom and Naomi, and then our good friend Gary is going to share as well. Uh, so Dom and Naomi, uh, they're heroes of mine. Uh, so I'll just read it out as, uh, as Dom provided it. Um, recently, Naomi and I had the opportunity to share the gospel with a friend of ours. We've had a few opportunities over the, the years to demonstrate and share our faith with her. Naomi has prayed with her previously. God would take away the fear she feels and talk to her about what an amazing community church provides. I underline that because we've heard bits of that testimony. She wants to be part of that amazing community we have, which is really interesting. Sorry, Dom, just adding to your notes. Um, and then recently, after the passing of her grandpa, she asked us what we think happens to people when they die. It was at a kid's party. <laughs> Under the Sea themed, uh, which I think is the bizarrest place we've shared the gospel, but it was a privilege to share a message of hope with someone who's wrestling with the passing of a loved one. I want to honour these guys. They're not here, so I can kind of commend them to you. Um, they're both, both amazing. Don is one of the most deliberate people I know. So he is tra um, training himself. He's fueling himself. So when a moment like that comes, he has got what is needed at that time, um, there, there, there is no coincidence that he had the right words. He is uh, he's always feeding himself. Um, and a hero of ours, uh, Gary, would you uh, want to come and share your story as well? Um, just come and encourage us. I think, where's, yes, awesome. Okay. Hello, hero? Yeah, hi. Um, I, <laughs> I am, I'm just, I'm terrible. <laughs> at being deliberate. I am I am unable <laughs> to randomly approach people. That's an over-exaggeration. I find it ever so hard to tell people about Jesus. Like, you wrote, like, John wrote this about me, basically. This whole thing. I'm sure a number of people feel like that now. Um, but we uh, are in a life group with the Marshalls and the Hulls, who, in my opinion, are amazing at this. And I thought, surely we can use this to my advantage. <laughs> so I said, well, why don't, why don't we like go and play snooker and invite our friends uh, and maybe we can meet each other? Because I've, I've been really struck by a passage in John 17 about the very quick thing is that 
if they see the way we love one another, they will know that um, he loves us as he loves Jesus, and they would know. So I just thought, why don't we try that? That would be great. So one evening we just went down to the local snooker club, invited our friends, and it was brilliant. It was so much fun, and then I met one of Don's friends, um, and we just were chatting for ages. Like was, we hardly played any snooker. In fact, everyone else is pretty annoyed, actually. <laughs> yeah. um, but we, we talked, and he really opened up. It was amazing. So we got to share about um, the church and how we can... The church isn't just about coming and you know, standing up, sitting down, and hearing someone talk. It's about encouraging and loving one another um, with God's love. Um, and it was great. It was amazing, Gary. Thank you so much. If you need an example of a big heart, Mr. Bird, he has a big heart. And just, again, to see him take that step of obedience and, uh, and be deliberate. And, and so this has been a bit of our journey. And so I just want to briefly want to say why stories, and by that I mean the more sharing testimonies with each other, has been so important to me. Um, and I want to be specific. It's not <laughs> this is great when people come and share a testimony from, from this microphone. But I'm thinking about the week-by-week week ones where it's, it's just a little bit of progress or it's uh, whatever it is. Sometimes it is the big story, you know, we're able to just share the whole gospel. Sometimes it is. And, it, well, to be fair, yours was an amazing story with this guy, wasn't it? And just being able to share, um, yeah, just the love of Jesus with him. But week-by-week, week, I just found it really helpful in terms of developing a habit within me. So whether it's ones or twos or in life group, um, sorry, I'm losing where, where, where I am in my notes. Um, but I just found that regularly sharing stories of what God has done has been like a, I, I don't want to say the word, right? So what I'm doing, I'm, I'm stumbling over my words because I don't want to say the word accountability. Right? Because accountability has been quite a negative word in churches in the past. Some may have been in uh, accountability relationships where uh, maybe you had to answer uh, questions from a question list. I don't know if anyone, am I getting any nods on that kind of thing? Okay, so at least you can empathize because one of those is always, and have you been able to witness to somebody this week? You know, you, you hang your head and you say, no, I haven't. Because it's really narrow. It's about, have I got the four points of the gospel out? Um, and yet, actually, what we've just done, just by sharing story after story after story, we realize we are sharing Jesus. But that form of accountability was a little bit on, look at what you could have won. You've missed out again. Um, but there surely is a grace of accountability and what we've done, uh, we're doing, so when we were, we're not leading life group at the moment, when we were leading life group, we'd start off with what stories have we got? And, and I'm looking around because I see various faces. I, I don't know if they were in such, uh, you know, see them so positively as, as I did, um, because maybe it is a bit of a challenge. But sometimes we do get the amazing response coming out. Yes, we were able to share the gospel with someone. Sometimes it's, you know what? I just offered to pray via WhatsApp. And because you see that week in, week out, that is awesome. Or, you know what, I was able to share a snippet of a story 
They're not the fully formed testimonies, but those fully formed testimonies are made up of many small ones. And that's the thing that's been really important to me. Um, and Don, you know, our wonderful Don, he would say, John, knowing that you're going to ask that question, what stories have you got? It's just a spur for me to, frankly, it's little more than just open your eyes, isn't it? And just see what God is doing around you and just follow him at that point. So it's accountability, but I'd call it a grace of accountability because it's been life to me. I have no idea where I am in my notes at this point. So I'm just going to see if I can bring that back to shape, to some, some sort of shape. But oh no, the, the thing I did want to say, because one week I did forget in life group to say, uh, what stories have we got? I got told off. This has probably just made my day. John, I've got a story, and you didn't ask what stories we got. Oh, really sorry. Um, I'll give you a chance for your story. That made my heart so glad. Uh, there was a wonderful moment. Anyway, so how about you in that regard? Have you got someone, or maybe it's something as a life group, it would be good to start. What stories have you got? And sometimes that is just a personal thing you need prayer for. Often it is a spur to, but you know what? Having thought about it a little bit, I did see God move in a different way. And suddenly we just start, but it is a habit. It is accountability. Right. Give me a moment. I'm just going to work out what's going on. Yeah, I think we, I think we did okay. Good. So, thoughts for this week. Right, we've thought about stories. We take again. We had chance to practice. Yeah, the story that you shared. Can you share that to someone? Is there someone again? The calming of the storm is real to me, and you can just always, you know what. I can go and share that to so and so. So is, is it story? Is it something you need to practice? You know, if you've got kids, breakfast time, sharing a story is really good chance to practice, or maybe with one another first. Honestly, I think there's no substitute just practicing, going over it. How about the accountability side of things? Have you got someone where you regularly Ask, yeah, what stories have you got? And I, and I mean more than once every two months, because at that point you've forgotten all those little stories and you go, you know what? I, I don't think I have got a story. It's because it's not seeing all the dot to dot, the build up to the bigger stories that have been going on week in, week out. So is there someone in your life that you're able to share on a week by week basis or a life group or whatever else? So I'm growing in this. You can tell you're getting my work in progress. Uh, I've been open about my challenges. One, I do want to provoke people to dare to obey, if it is about God. The other one is, and my brain doesn't yet work like this, but when asked, how am I doing? I want to answer with a story um, and, uh, and see, well, you know what? Jesus was, and they would just launch into that. Or situation happens, well, Jesus told a story about this, and that's where I, I, I'm kind of challenging myself. You are uh, very welcome to ask me how I'm doing in that, but just every week, okay, so not just every two months. So, and my request to you would be, do me a favor, if you have some opportunities to share or something that's just wonderful to you, do come and tell me as well, because I would love to see that too. Cool, we should bring this to a land. Uh, stories and stories, stories of Jesus and stories to one another of what God is doing in and around us.
Jesus has changed our lives. He is our hope. We were worshipping today, and I just see the banner of the name of Jesus over our nation. He is our hope. Oh, my word, do we need him. We need him to lift this kind of blanket of oppression that's over our nation. And we have got, just think how many people's names we could have thrown out amongst us today. How many dozens, hundreds more? I don't know. That we can go and reach with the goodness of who Jesus is today. You know, calming storms, uh, washing disciples' feet, you know, perseverance. Um, sorry, John, I've forgotten your one. Um, no, it's gone. Uh, but Jesus is so special to us, isn't he? So I kind of commend you to go practice, find someone that will hold you accountable. Let's encourage one another with this. Amen. So, three, we, we pray for a moment. Just. Should we just let the Holy Spirit move? Oh, he is good. Oh, you know what? I'm just really challenged with how the news wants to just depress us, how the devil wants to just steal. He wants to take away. He wants to destroy. Whenever we come face to face with our God, he wants to give he wants to just fill us with his life. Holy Spirit, we want to carry on where we started in worship. Oh, just declaring you're amazing and that you are here. Turning lives around. Holy Spirit, will you come? I just want to pray there would be a real joy found in this opportunity to go and disciple others, to go and give a little of what we've got and challenge people to participate in who you are and the divine nature and your goodness. Just such a gift. Yeah, just challenge you as we're before God. I won't make you stand or anything like that, but have you got someone that, you know, the Holy Spirit's just nudging? This is where it gets real, isn't it? You know, have they got a storm? Do they... Just need to lift their eyes and look at the birds. I don't know what, what your story is. Should we bring those names to Holy Spirit now and just ask him to just give us the courage, fuel us up with the right stories, bring the presence of Jesus where we go. Holy Spirit, come and do that now. Thank you for each of the people that we just rub shoulders with in daily life. So whether it's a deep relationship, whether it's a shallow one, Lord, let us have our eyes open to what you're doing. Oh, Lord, give us stories this week. Give us stories, stories that, hey, we're just seeing what you're doing more. But stories of, I've never been able to say this before, and I said this. And it was received with a smile. I pray for breakthrough for those that of us, me, that run out of words, that don't know what to say at that time. Oh, we ask for those kind of stories this week, Lord. Thank you so much.